Welcome to the School of Self-Worth, a podcast for ambitious women who know they are worthy of an astoundingly great life. Join us weekly as we redefine success, set and sustain boundaries, and reclaim self-worth. I'm your host, Nicole Song, an award-winning journalist who left it all behind to become a best-selling author of three books and work-life balance coach, helping ambitious women live an aligned life filled with clarity and confidence. Every week, I'll bring you diverse and meaningful conversations with successful women from all walks of life who share their insights about what it takes to be brave, joyful, and yourself every day. Every single episode is thoughtfully designed to leave you feeling empowered with tangible tips and advice that will lead you to your next breakthrough. So I'm back and you know, I originally titled this episode, Things I Wish I Knew in My 30s. And I will say that my 30s were a time of seismic change. And as I was reflecting upon all the learnings that I had and all the changes that I had during that era, I felt like I would be just doing myself and all of you a disservice to call it that. So really what I'm sharing from first is the things I wish I knew before I quit journalism. Because in the first half of my 30s, I made some pretty big changes. So I'm going to get into it in today's episode. So we get to go back in time today to Nicole And I am remembering that moment where I had my 30th birthday party with a lot of my friends at one of my favorite cocktail bars in Seattle. And during that era and that time, if you had gone back and told that girl all the things that would happen before she turned 40, she would not have believed you. And she probably, she might've peaced out. She might've said, no, thank you. I do not want to be part of that. Or she probably would have been like, wow, that's way more than I ever expected. I think that is the truth for any of us. Whenever you have one of those big decade birthdays and when you look back, life has always changed so much more than you ever expected or ever could have anticipated. And that's actually one of the things I love about those big shifts and those big eras. And looking back, the 30s, my 30s were such an era of change that I could not have predicted And really, I would say my biggest growth for myself and my self-worth came during this era. And the lessons that I learned during that time continue to resonate for me today in my 40s. Back when I was 30, I was starting to feel like my life and my self-worth being tied into my job was a pretty raw deal. I didn't realize that's exactly what was going on at the time, but I knew that things were not right. I felt like things were pretty rough. I had entered my 30s feeling really good. I had a boyfriend who I really was into. I had a job that I actually really liked. I had moved out of home and garden and covering the lamps. And I was now covering features full time. And I was getting to write about relationships. I interviewed one of my superstar authors, Jhumpa Lahiri. I was getting to do really amazing projects. This was also the time when the recession hit in 2008 and newspapers were feeling the brunt of this and we started to hear rumors of layoffs. So layer in me loving my job, getting to go to yoga three to four days a week, feeling really happy in my life with this rumbling that we might get laid off or things were really going to change. After the recession hit and the newspaper did go into layoffs, I was senior enough that I didn't lose my job, 
but I did know people who had gotten laid off. And I was starting to feel pretty nervous for myself because management was starting to make some changes. And then they did. What they did is they looked around at all the people who had jobs they felt that weren't as essential, and they decided to move some of us. In my case, because I had such a rich news background, they decided to move me back out to hard news, which was the exact opposite thing that I had wanted in my life. And they gave me some options. They said, Nicole, you could cover the state legislature, go to Olympia, which is 100 miles away, Monday to Friday every week, and cover the state legislature, which was a very prestigious job. It was simply not a job I really wanted. Or you could cover the suburbs. I chose the suburbs. I did not want to, I knew enough that I did not want to commute that much, to take out the things that made me happy, like yoga and my friends, to cover something of politics, which I wasn't really interested in that point anymore. So they moved us around. And this is the first time I was starting to feel a stirring of like, it might be time to leave newspapers. I was now having to work night shifts again. I was starting to have to cover cops. All of my experiences around trauma and death in my 20s were starting to come back. And I, I thought to myself, this is not possible for me. Like, I really do not feel like I can do this. So I started to look around. And during this time, I was feeling very stressed out because my self-worth was so deeply tied into my job. My identity was so enmeshed with journalism. I literally thought I was going to spend the next 30 years of my life as a journalist. And I was now in a position where I was considering no longer being a journalist. And I didn't really know how to deal with this. And it was really, really challenging for me. I had no guidance. I had no mentorship. I had no support for people who had done it before. So during this time, I was feeling really stressed out. And I was looking around and I found a job that felt like it might be might be possible. I might have the skill sets. And it was to write about food for the local food co-op. And so I applied for the job and I got myself all really excited about it. I felt like, well, this is actually going to be the perfect fit for me. And one of my closest work friends also applied for that job. It turns out we were both the two finalists for that job. And ultimately, she got it. Nowadays, I thank God that I did not receive that job because it really was a turning point for me. At the time, oh, that was probably rock bottom for me. I did not know how to deal with my life. I did not know what was next. I knew I couldn't cover the suburbs forever. And I really was ready to go. And during that time, I actually started to pay attention to, okay, what do I really enjoy? What do I really like to do? And the only answer I had at that time was, oh, I really liked yoga. It was the only place where I felt connected to myself. Sometimes I would cry in there over the stress I was feeling from work and I would come out feeling better. It was the place where I felt happy. It's the place where I wanted to go pretty much all the time. And I didn't really have any other place in my life that felt so safe as my yoga practice. During that time, I had been practicing pretty steady for a few years, and one of my yoga teachers had suggested to me that I go to yoga teacher training. And I thought in my head, I really don't want to be a yoga teacher. Being a yoga teacher seems crazy. I hear they don't make any money. What would I do? That just doesn't seem like something. I don't really want to stand up in front of a room. I'm a journalist. But there was something in me, and this is the first time I really started to heed what it felt like to follow my intuition. And my intuition said that I should just go for it, that I should figure it out and go to this yoga teacher training in Mexico. 
And so somehow I got the gumption up to apply for it. I signed up for it and I paid for it. And I said, okay, here I go. And when I went there, that was the first time in my life that I realized how deeply I was creating my own suffering. It was the first time I really started to see and understand that I was the person who was making myself pretty miserable. I was the reason I was crying all day long. I was the reason where why I felt like such a victim of my circumstances. And I promise you, going into that into that training, I really thought it was my editors, my fellow reporters, the journalism industry were making me miserable. And after that experience, I realized that I was actually the one who was making myself miserable, that I had tied my own identity and my stories about my own life so deeply to my work that I couldn't detach that for myself. And so once I came back from that, I thought, well, I don't really know still. I didn't actually know then if I really wanted to be a yoga teacher. I didn't actually feel like I knew what the next step was out of journalism. I will say, though, that I came back to work with hope. And when I had that hope and that spark of hope was in there, I decided to follow it. I decided to follow the little pebbles that were being laid out in front of me. So at the time I came back, there was a new yoga studio that was being built three blocks away. One of the teachers I had practiced with for many years was opening the studio. So literally within the first week of getting back from that yoga teacher training, I decided to follow the pebble that said, go down to that yoga studio and knock on their door and see if they are actually still looking for teachers. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, I was so naive. You know, usually studios are bringing in established teachers, people that they know, known quantities, but there was something in me that felt a little bit bold. And so I went there and I knocked and the teacher was there and he was doing the build out. So it was like big mess in there. And he said, oh, hey, Nicole. He's like, sure, you know, email our other co-owner and we'll see if we can get you in. And so I did, and they put me in as a sub and they actually created a space for a new teacher spot, essentially a new slot on the, on the schedule where I could teach. And so within, I think th two or three months of that yoga teacher training, I was now consistently teaching at this brand new studio. These are the things that happen when you start to release all the stress and all the identity and the feeling that your self-worth is tied into all the things that you're wrapped up into around your job or, or what your value is. And when you start to release it and you start to follow what your intuition is laying out in front of you, you start to get surprised by what can happen. And for me, after that, starting to teach, I started to teach four classes per week while I was also working at the newspaper. Those four classes were so intense. The first time I ever taught a class was by far one of the scariest moments I ever had. I was teaching a 6 a.m. class on a Monday. I showed up there, I was shaking. I was shaking in the teacher area, like, oh my gosh, Nicole, are you really gonna go stand up in front of a bunch of people and tell them how to do yoga poses? Are you sure that you know how to do this? And yet there was still something in me that said, this is where you need to go. This is what you need to do. And by then I was starting to listen to that little voice. I was starting to understand that it was saying important things to me and that when I ignored it, I was ignoring something that I would really regret later. And so I did it. I went in shaking and sweating into this class. I taught that class and I continued to teach more and more classes all the time. 
Because what the biggest thing I learned in that yoga teacher training and is the thing that I still teach to people to this day is that the most important thing when you're starting to follow your pathway, you're starting to follow your pathway of purpose is to start to follow things that want you to be who you are fully. I'll say this again in another way. What I learned in teacher training was that I was creating my own suffering. And then I also learned that I was hiding. I learned that I was not really showing up as my full authentic self and that I was afraid to show up as my full authentic self, not only in work, but in many areas of my life. Until that point in my life, I was the type of person who kept a really tight-knit little circle. I didn't really share myself very openly. I wasn't very vulnerable about the challenges I had in my life. My dearest friends knew everything, and then nobody else knew anything. And when you are teaching and you are someone who is standing up in front of a room, sharing authentically and vulnerably who you are is the most powerful thing that you can give people. It's not actually about the poses. It's about who you are and who you're being in front of the room. And this idea to me was really groundbreaking. I didn't understand until that time in my life how much I had been hiding behind walls, how much I was hiding myself from the world. And now I was here in this practice where I would stand up in front of 20, 30 people at a time and really have to learn to be vulnerable, to be myself, to share from a place of where I was challenged, where I was growing and being myself fully. And so the more I started to teach and I started to understand that I had to really own my self-worth and my own power to teach well, that I started to get into the space of like, I want to do this all the time. And at the time, I thought it was yoga. You know, at the time, I really felt like yoga was pulling me in. But looking back, what was calling me forward was a job where my job was to be myself. My job was to be authentic. My job was to be fully and wholly powerful Nicole in all realms. And the more I had this you know, dichotomy of work where I didn't feel like I could be myself and this job as a yoga teacher where I felt like I could, the pull to become a yoga teacher really grew strong. And the more I started to listen to it, I went to another yoga teacher training and I was hearing that pull and I was hearing that pull. And I finally made that decision that I was going to leave the newspaper to teach yoga full time. And I remember that moment where I went into my editor's office, you know, I was covering I can't, I was still covering the East side at that time. I was covering the suburbs and I went into her and I said, I'm here to give two weeks notice. And she just had this look on her face, like, oh my God, like they knew it could potentially be coming. They didn't really realize I was going to do it. And that many people in the newsroom said I was the very first person who had ever left the newsroom to be a yoga teacher. And I was really proud of myself because I knew it was right. Although I let me be clear, it was also one of the scariest things I've ever done. I was leaving behind my health care. I was leaving behind my 401k. I was leaving behind a steady paycheck um, in, the new, in the world of yoga. You know, you're not paid. I would not say high wages at all. You're really on your own. You're an independent contractor. But I had accumulated enough classes and enough studios to make it work. I had saved a lot of money. And I said, all right, Nicole, this is worth it. It is worth you taking this risk to see what's next. And so I took that leap. And when I left the newspaper, I was 33. And I really took myself onto a whole new journey of being a yoga teacher 
full-time for many years. And this is where I wanted to really pause this part of the story because I would say that this transition for myself was the biggest, bravest thing I had ever done. And the most challenging in terms of my self-worth because I had to now detach myself from my job being my worth and my value. I was now starting to follow a calling. I was starting to follow my purpose and feeling really clear that that really was my purpose. And then also not knowing where it was going to take me because I didn't have a clear direction. All I was going to do was teach yoga. I didn't have aspirations to open a studio. Um, I didn't even really know how I was going to make the whole thing work. But I just decided to actually follow that I was going in the direction of valuing myself. And by doing so, that is actually what led me to so many other pieces of writing my own books, getting married, becoming a coach. But this transition was a really key point. So if you're someone who's listening here and you can relate, you can relate to that place where you might be in a job where you're feeling really challenged and not aligned with what's going on there for yourself. And it's not working for you. And yet, you know, there's still some other call that's out there. I hope you can also see that I didn't just very dramatically quit my job and leave. I allowed myself a lot of space and time to sort through this, to start to really test it, to see if this is the right next step for me. I didn't do anything from a reactive place. I was really clear when I did it. And that's not to say I wasn't terrified because I was actually absolutely terrified the whole time. But that transition was really thought out. I was very intentional through the whole piece. And then I was really clear. And when I was clear, oh my gosh, there was no holding me back. There was no way I wasn't going to do it. I just had to find that right time. And I promise you, all me leaving that paper opened up the doors for some of the biggest changes and the best changes in my life that were really necessary to get me to the next stage. And one of the things I hope to get you to by hearing my own story is that every piece of our story is important. Every piece of transition, of challenge and change that feels so terrifying, because when I tell you these things, I can tap back into the feeling I had in my editor's office when I was giving notice. I can tap back into that moment where I was teaching my very first yoga class and I was so, so scared. And I look back on that Nicole who was freaking out with such gratitude because she learned so much in those moments about how to be bold for herself, about how to own who she was and to really own that each part of her journey was really important. So if this is resonating for you and you're feeling like, oh, that transition has happened for you, or you're curious about that kind of transition, or you're really just wanting to know what it feels like when you start to follow your pathway to purpose, when you start to follow the pebbles and you're really starting to follow your intuitive place, DM me on Instagram, let me know. I'd really love to hear it because truly I think sometimes with these stories, we feel really alone. And I see this a lot for high achieving women where they feel alone in the choices that they're wanting to make or the next steps. And I really want everyone to feel connected and clear that none of us are ever alone in this journey, in this pathway, and that there's so much still ahead. So share your thoughts with me. Thank you so much for being part of the story. And then we will get into other pieces of the story next in the series. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. 
Without each of you, this podcast would not be in the world. If you loved what you heard today, do me a favor and leave a five-star rating and review of the show and screenshot this episode and share it on social media and tag me at Nicole Song. Every positive review and share out there makes such a big difference to helping get the word out. We are so grateful for all of your support. And if you're ready to work towards an aligned life filled with clarity and confidence, send me a DM at Instagram at Nicole Song and let me know what resonated most from this episode. Until next time, I'm Nicole Song, and this is the School of Self-Worth.